That movie was fantastic. Oh Jesus! What are you serious? I'm very serious. Oh. That was a treat. That was so good. All right, let me let me ask you one question. It's going to decide whether we're friends uh, for the rest of our lives. We finally meet some proper battle droids, and we once again see R2's neat little jets that either wreck or restore the Star Wars theory on fuel, depending on your point of view. Today, we discuss Clone Wars episodes 1, 5, 1, 6, and 1, 7 on this edition of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode number 20 of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm here with my good buddy, John. Hello. And John sounds... You haven't started your beer yet, have you? No, no, I just thought it, I was really bored with these simple hellos that I've been doing. Oh, okay, so we're going to start, we're gonna start getting like dramatic. Okay, good, this is good, because I, I can't wait to hear the, the differences in, from here on out. I mean, it's a, good, it's a good marker for episode 20. So, for those of you that don't know about this podcast, really quickly, we are trying to cover every single bit of Star Wars New Canon in chronological order, and uh, we're in the throes of the Clone Wars episodes. We're going to be talking about Season 1, Episodes 5, 6, and 7 tonight. And before we do that, we're going to pop open some beers. But So with that, John, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Eric, as you well know, since you bought me this bottle, this is a spe- is episode 20 like a like a big, big deal, like some big anniversary? It's like a one-month anniversary in a relationship. So I, right? I, look at it, I look at it as like this podcast is our child and the 20th birthday. Well, not the 21st, which probably we should have waited for the big one. But but uh, I think I think 20, 20 is a pretty good number to, to drink a, a mighty fine well, beer. Yeah, and so you gifted me this incredible bottle of Chimay. The blue. Sure that's Chimay blue. That's, that's how all the cool Chim- kids call it. Chimay blue. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. It, it, hey, it's, one thing about these bottles, yeah. though, is I've only what? had them twice, and I have to admit, yeah. sometimes they do overflow, so just be ready. Well, yeah, you could have told me that before. Oh, so, did you already pop the okay. top? No, I don't have any towels or anything. <laughs> Normally, I keep towels around me yeah, you know, for fine. various take, reasons. Just take your shirt off and wet it down. <laughs> all right, are you ready, John? Chimay, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! So you already the, this is a special, special bottle. This, this has is. the champagne cork, yeah. the ca- the cage. So, so it's, a, so it's a trappist. Cage off. It's a trappist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a legit. I've had this twice in my life, and both times were extremely tasty. But it's, I don't it's really been... remember the next day. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't really remember the taste the next day. So it's always a new it experience. It has been a but... long time. It's been a medium time since I've had this beer. It's a fantastic beer. Okay, so I'm loosening the cork. Yeah, I am too. I'm going very slow because I don't want to get it. Loosening the cork. There we go. All right, I'm coming out slow. All right, I'm just going to just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it. Okay. Whenever it pops, it pops. I'm trying. Right. You want to go slow. Twisty, twisty. I'm good. I'm about, I'm about to pop. I'm just trying to get out of my face. <laughs> Boom. There we go. Oh, nothing. That's good. Good, 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 good. Yeah. All right, pouring my not an animal, not drinking it out of the bottle. Yeah, I I would be, I don't know, horrified or impressed if you drank this out of the bottle. I think horrified. Yeah, what is this? Is this eight? I always forget. It's up there. Eight-ish. Oh, that's good. That looks good. I didn't like that. Let's see. I got a lot of foam. Yeah, it's, it. They. yeah, it is what it is. This is the exciting podcast. Let's wait for the foam to die down. Bing, bing, bing. We can move yeah, on. We can it's going it. to be a while. Yeah, I'm it is. It. Oh, yeah, same here. All right, so cheers, John. Cheers to uh, episode 20. Yeah, man. Ah, yeah, that's good. That's a good beer. Man, that's a good beer. I still have foam. It's okay. You can drink it with foam. You're allowed to get foam on your mouth. It's not going to hurt you. Nope. You are. He, no, I have nothing but foam. Oh, you have nothing but foam. My, my... I have a tiny glass. It was. Uh, it's a... 
Uh, tiku glass, very tiny. Okay, I don't know what a tiku glass is, but I'll, we'll we'll, beer we'll post for beer drinkers. We'll uh, post it in the show notes. Okay, so we are at episode. Or sorry, uh, we are in season one, episodes five, six, and seven of the Clone Wars. Episode five was kind of a standoff on its own episode, and six and seven tied uh, pretty well together. Let's start with episode seven. No, I'm just kidding. Let's start with uh, episode five. Rookies. It aired in November of 2018. This was a. I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of a filler for me. I mean, what did you think? Oh, it's totally a filler. the The one shining uh, moment or a part of it is that the commando droids are are properly pop. Yeah, I haven't even started drinking yet. Properly cool. I mean, yeah, they are. Yeah, I agree with that. And they actually, look I, mean. yeah, I have that in my notes. That, 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 that it's a new type of droid. They look a lot more sinister. They look a lot more smarter, almost. You know what I mean? But they still keep that same design of the regular clone droids, which is pretty cool. Well, they're darker. Yeah, they're they're meant to be more your commandos. They're meant to be more infiltration. So alone on a distant outpost, Commander Cody and Captain Rex must inspire the rookie clones to believe in themselves to stave off a commando droid invasion. To kind of give like a little bit more background, basically there's this signal that comes from this uh, certain rebel base that's on a moon that if the signal ever dies, the Republic will know that Grievous and them are attacking. Uh, a certain place. I, I forget what the name of the place was. I think, I mean, sorry, it was Camino. That, that they would be trying to attack Camino to stop the clones from being created at that point. And this droid force of these commando clones uh, comes down there against, I think it's five guys to begin with, five or six. No, actually, I take it back. It's probably six or seven clones that are stationed at this base. And they take it over pretty much, but they keep the signal live or they do something to hack the signal so that it stays so that the rest of the clo- the rest of the clone Republic Army doesn't know that Grievous is going in for the kill in Camino. Yeah, it's 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 a good episode. I'd actually see this episode before, and it's really random because I didn't watch too many of season one back when I used to watch this back in like two thousand eight. But I did see this one, and I remembered it, and it's it's okay. It, it I don't know. I, I enjoy the. I mean, we're we're full of spoilers. We've already told you that, so so get ready. But I enjoy the the aspect that Heavy gives himself at the end to make sure that Grievous can't kill all his brothers and sisters on Camino. He's kind of the the rebel at the beginning of it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was just kind of a, yeah, okay, okay episode. <laughs> All right, so, Eric, you know, in editing the last podcast, I realized, going through <laughs> a lot of the episodes, you frequently ask me for a numerical rating, and you never actually get around to giving one yourself. Okay, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great observation, and I really enjoyed your edits in the last podcast. And what was that, about the 40th minute where you completely and totally proved me wrong? I've never rated anything <laughs> over a 90 on this podcast. And there's like literally, you know, it's like a 93, 94. 93 or 94, yeah. <laughs> okay. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was, I, it, I it was so good. And it's funny because like, like I had a feeling you were going to do that, but I didn't know that you would find exact evidence of me being over 90. And it was like well over 92. It wasn't even like a 91 or a 93. Way over. Yeah. I mean, according to you, that, that comic is... Better than Inception. Yeah, Yeah. better than Inception. Okay, anyways, let's go back. Uh, So I'm going to give you a number on this guy. I think this is a filler episode. I don't think it's bad. It's entertaining for the 20 minutes, you know, that you're watching it. But it's also not like, it doesn't really reveal anything. It's very internal to the clone army and the troopers. And maybe reveals a little bit about their psyche and stuff. But not anything that I would just be like, amazing. You know, uh, Commander Cody's cool. I like seeing him. I think this is the first time you see him in the actual series, which is always neat. I'd give it a 72. God, that's so low. You say it's low, but I don't. I don't think it's really all that low. Like, what would you give this? It's one step above just total crap. I, I don't know that I'm. I'm struggling because, yes, you are correct. This is kind of a filler episode, but at the same time, you get the cool commando droids, so you're seeing a little more. You know, they're kind of fleshing out the the uh, the forces a little bit. Separatist forces. The fact they mentioned that they're trying to take down Camino makes perfect sense. Agreed. That, Agreed. I, they Be should totally move. focus on taking down Camino. Yeah. That should be priority one. 
if they want to win. And I'm still not really clear on all of that, by the way. I think Grievous wants to win, but like nobody else does, right? Yeah, so I, I think that it's more along the lines of creating ensuing chaos, but I think Grievous looks at it as a real war, definitely. And I, he wants to win. Yeah, yeah. Insidious... To a point, I think, still wants to kind of win a little bit. But, I mean, sorry, not Sidious, but still wants... But uh, Tyrannus still wants to kind of win. And I think that there's still a part of him that's... I don't want to lose. I want to make sure that I've been making all these deals with all these different Trade Federation planets. I want to make sure we look like we're at least in the game. Whereas I think Grievous is all in. He doesn't know anything about what, you know, that that Sidious is pulling the strings here. Right. Oh, wait. Quick foam update. Still have foam. Did you, did you like, did you do like the Tom Cruise? Uh, Shake the bottle? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like did you like flip it over? Yeah. I was about to say, did you like flip I, it over your I, back or anything? Or like, cause that's. I did, I did not. No, I did not. It, it's, it's close. I'll be, I will take a first sip here in just a minute. But so I, I agree this is a filler episode, but it does have some neat stuff to it. The, the sacrifice at the end, spoilers, was, was good. It, it, it was necessary to make us really f- feel something for these clones. And by the way, that, that's. Clone Wars as a whole, it's always a still, well, it's always because we just started it, but so far it's a little weird caring about stormtroopers. You know, it's all, it was up to now, it's it's kind of unsettling a little bit in the back of my brain. It's like, these are the guys that I hated yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, and, and, right? and, but that's maybe one of the best things about this series is I think that by the end of it, we're going to be like, yeah, clones, go get them. And then be like, uh, yeah. be like so upset whenever, you know, nothing you know good happens. That's good. You know, I hadn't thought about that. But so after watching all of this and then going back and watching A New Hope, well, you have sort of a different take on it. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Like, Cody, no! (laughs) Captain Rex! It's, you know, it it was... It's, yeah. Like I said, it's a 72. It's a 72 episode. It's a 72. Okay, well, I guess I have to give my number. So, God, everything's going to come out in 85. But So I have to avoid that. And that's that's not fair to the episode to say I can't rate it in 85 because I've been rating things 85. That's, that's not Yeah, agreed. Cool. agreed. Uh, it's not worthy of an 85. So I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'll say 79. How about that? Okay, so we're getting closer together. We're, we're getting closer to our, I mean, and one thing I wanted to talk about after my notes, cut up, got no love. He was the drone. That, I mean, the drone. He was the clone that, that he come. They come out of the cave, and that big worm thing comes out, and he just gets. Oh yeah. He just gets ripped. <laughs> like, Total retro. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they don't even like really acknowledge it. They're just like, oh, get out of the way, and then like the episode moves on. You know, whereas like uh, there was a, a couple of other guys that died. You know, in the initial takeover, and they're like, oh, I can't. We've lost all these men, and they're just like, oh, worm got him. Yeah, he he's like the uh, the Tasha Yar of the Clone Wars. Just just a meaningless, quick, and pointless death. The uh, also I had in my notes too. I really enjoyed the music that they were listening to on the radio. Whenever the issues, I mean the issue. Whenever the uh, show starts out, did you hear that? It was like this, like kind of drum and bass, like really well done music. And I was, I, I thought about, it, I was like, is this for a real song or something? I mean, it was really Wait, well done. Is that where they had the the like hologram of the sexy hologram? Yes, yes. Yeah, it, Stay it, tuned, boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like it was like clone, what is that about? It was a like clone radio. Like you know, it was like. I thought that was pretty good, and it was good music. Aren't though they, aren't was, the clones? Aren't they like basically neutered? I mean, wouldn't you, I don't know wouldn't that you chemically neuter your your clone troopers? I don't know. So that's a good why question. Why make a sexy hologram? Well, maybe they, maybe they, yeah, I don't know. Appreciate the alien female form. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like okay. I mean, uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. I don't know that they are. I, mean, I would assume that they would be, but I don't know that for sure. We compared them to the Sullied from Game of Thrones in the last episode, but uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe that maybe because, that will be uh, revealed in this to... children's cartoon series. So we'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> Just see. exactly how sexual yeah, are these yeah. <laughs> I get to drink my beer now. Hang on. Mm. Oh my god, that's good. It is. Okay. It is good, isn't it? 
everybody already knows that. But and it's yeah. not and it's not IPA hoppy hoppy. It's like this weird goodness. It's like just this like rich good beer. It's Belgium. Belgium. Belgium is a king. Yeah, agreed. All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to Downfall of a Droid and Duel of the Droids. So this is episode six and seven of season one, and there's a two-part little arc here. R2-D2 goes missing, and the Separatists discover him because Anakin has a little bit of bravado and, and ends up crashing his starfighter pilot, his star, his pilot fighter, and uh, R2's aboard. Anakin wakes up in, like, the hospital bay and says, oh, we got to go back and get R2. R2's not there. They're like, somebody's taken R2. Ends up being the salvage operator that actually is working for Grievous or has has a um, a deal with him or of some sort to where he's going to bring back the droid uh, because the droid has you know all these different uh, plans because Anakin hasn't been clearing his memory because it's R two he's not going to you know he doesn't want to lose R 2s memory so I the the first part is a really neat setup episode and then the second part was a really good rescue episode I, yeah, I liked yeah you're, you're typical yeah I like I liked I like the R three kind of saboteur type situation that they put him in because because you're sitting there like oh okay yeah yeah they're gonna go fight an r2 in the end and r2 will get back and hopefully none of the data will be gone or maybe a little bit will be slipped out you know that kind of thing but the r3 kind of added a little bit of an element of like wow grievous is really on top of things i mean he you know he slides this droid into this massive undertaking which if he can do that why can he not just have the droid scan everything you know in the system and then send it to him they don't necessarily need because r2. reasons yeah i know because reasons but it's good. Ahsoka's good in this episode. I liked her. I think she was very gullible. And Anakin, I, th- I don't think Anakin was as gullible, but I think that he wasn't as gullible because he just had such a disdain for R3 versus R2 to where he didn't want this droid to be, you know, going along. But then he didn't, he actually did not realize that it was a grievous plant. So Ahsoka's attachment or endorsement of R3 was kind of, I understand why they were doing it because. Otherwise, you would you would not put up with his in, incompetence or seeming incompetence. So okay, so, so she, let's, she let's, had to be there cheerleading. Let's talk about this. Is annoying. How, I mean, how sentient are these droids to where we have stratification of levels of qualifications that they can do and can't do? I I don't know. Like does R two like has R two is he so wise because he's been around so long and he logs these human fallacies in like this memory bank somewhere and he can be like, oh, I'm kind of human. I kind of know what humans do. Whereas R three is like. Supposed to not be good at things because he he doesn't know them yet. Like like what is like what I don't understand the I don't understand the pathway that a droid takes for being a really good droid fighter pilot versus not being a good droid fighter pilot. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they're mass manufactured. You would think, right? Yeah, but exactly. It's, it's been an ongoing thing that R two is the one who doesn't get his memory wiped. Right. True. We see that here again. Again. Yeah. Agreed. He, did, he didn't wipe his memory, and then what? Well, where, where was it? Was it at, at the end of Revenge of the Sith where they say wipe the three PO's memory? Wipe the protocol droid's memory, but they don't wipe R2's memory? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an ongoing thing. So so maybe that's it. You know, he has a, a database built up of experiences that most droids never get. Yeah. Right? So, so, so you're saying he's, so basically, he's learning. He's learning as he goes. He's and, he, learning and he's learning humans. At an exponential rate, he's going to turn into Skynet. Okay. I can see that. Like, he is the Death Star. Like, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah. they keep wiping other droids out so that they don't achieve sentience. I think we're uncovering a deeper layer of Star Wars here tonight. Well, what if the whole thing ends up being that R2 is the most sentient being at the end of Episode Nine, And that's, you know, that the whole the whole thing was his workings. It was his his doings. You know what I mean? I mean, that might as well happen. Yeah, oh, stop, stop, stop. We'll get to that when we get to Episode Nine. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was these, these two were good. I, I, you, before you even ask, I'm going to say probably both of these episodes, I'm going to give them the same score just because I felt like there was one episode just kind of broke it up. 84, 85? Oh, really? Yeah. You sound so surprised. Wow. It was good. That was, that yeah, because was, you're Mr. Low rating. That was, that was, that was uh, a pretty good episodes. I mean, those were like, if I were going to go back and say, hey, what are the highlights thus far in season one? I definitely w- would say the three uh, Malevolence episodes. And then I'd say these two. Yeah. I think I would too. There were a lot of nice touches here, like the scanner eye thing, you know, from Return of the Jedi, callbacks like that. Yes, agreed. I I didn't, I will say they did a good job of, of snowing me on R3 for a good amount of time. I didn't, it's like, what is this George's problem? It never occurred to me he was sabotaging. I just it was it was it was, it was and I thought well, they were doing oh, that so to I, build up R two. Oh, see, I, I thought, I thought it was I thought it was a really well written kind of thing in there. Whenever he whenever you find out that Grievous is the one who kind of set it all up, like I, I thought that was pretty good because I agree with you. I thought it was just like this. George knew he doesn't know what's going on. That's why Anakin's getting frustrated. But Anakin can kind of sense that he's the saboteur. I mean, he he kind of like doesn't like this droid for some reason, and I think that that's a neat uh, a neat swing by the writer, kind of toward the end when you're like, oh, well, that's why. Cool skydive scene. Yeah, yeah, which of course made me think of. Wait, what year did this come out? Two thousand eight. Before Star <laughs> Trek, uh, the the reboot. Yes, this would have been before Star Trek the reboot. Agreed. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, so like strapping R three under the heavies back and jumping and landing. I mean, it was, it was it was kind of a cool scene, and I think the way that that scene was drawn was really well done too. Like it felt like it was a like they, like it felt like the Star Trek one where they're really falling and they've got to you know kind of skydive and move around a little bit and then. Again, good music again. This series has really wowed me with the I thought the music, music. No, no, no. I actually made a note on this one. The music I thought in these episodes was kind of odd. It, it is. Was, no, it's odd because you don't hear that, in my opinion, that that well-produced of music in a lot of cartoons. I shouldn't say cartoons, but, but yeah, cartoons. Like, I think it's really well, well done or really well selected or rather... We need to. I need to. I need to dive in and research. It, is, is each of these songs created for the episode specifically or are they... Somewhere in some big, you know, Lucasfilm archive, and they just kind of pull them out. And but I feel like they're like the music is really good in all these all these episodes so far. It, it was more, you know, it wasn't yeah. the traditional Star Wars classical. Yeah, agreed. Grandiose epic. That, I think that, I think this whole series has been like that. Like when I was talking about the one that we just listened to on episode five, I felt the same way. It was like this beat, like this like good little like I don't know. I just, it's really well done. It's really well done. It just struck me. It, it, if something stands out to you like that, to me, that's a bad thing. And this stood out to me. Yeah, see, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing if it's the music and it's like the quality of that. Like one thing that stuck out to me in this episode that would fall into the bad thing is whenever Anakin, or sorry, in the very first episode, seven or six, whenever um, Anakin's waking up, everything's got this white glow around it. Yeah. And that, I was just kind of like, it's not like he's coming back from heaven or anything. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like why does everything, are we supposed well, he, to be seeing things through his eyes? And he's readjusting, he <laughs> and he's readjusting to the world. But yet we're seeing him as a character. Like it's it's not his viewpoint. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, meant to portray that. Yeah, you're right. The camera, the, the camera's camera, looking uh, at him. So it's not like it's through correct. his eyes. It's like everything's just like that, this white paley thing, and it kind of fades in. And I was just kind of like, I don't think that was needed unless you're like looking through his viewpoint. That's what it's meant to be. And then you're right. The point of view of the camera doesn't make any sense. But that's a mistake. They they meant to. You know, you come out from white. Fade in from white. That's the character coming out of Force Heaven, wherever he was. Force Heaven. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what was your numerical score on these these two episodes? Or you can rate them separately if you want to. If, if you don't feel like I it's... think it's fair to. Well, do I want to rate them separately or or as an or as the arc that they are? I think it's better to rate them as an arc, and in that sense, hmm, somewhere in the eighties. Somewhere in the 80s. Are we going to have the same score, John? Is this gonna, is this going to be what gives us... It can't be high 80s. It's not that good. I said, what, 84, 85? I, you said something like that. I think I'm right there with you, which is my normal score, so not really breaking any ground here, but yeah, sure, why not? I I, I think I liked the, the first part of that arc better than the second part. The second part goes into the typical sneaking through the base kind of thing. Which we talked about and, as, a, as, a, as a somewhat of a trope. At the end of uh, the last yeah. malevolence of the Malevolence trilogy, it was the same thing. Oh, yeah. You're on a hey, ship. You see it a lot. An enemy ship. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think the, the fact that R2 was brought back to this secret communications place was kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, if this thing is so, if this thing is that valuable, like, they don't want anyone to know about this, you know, why on earth would you take the one droid that was theirs that probably has some type of tracking thing and bring it back to this base? You know what I mean? This, sure. This, maybe that's the, the only place they had nearby. The listening outpost? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. But, or maybe that's the, okay, here we go. Here's you a great, wanted, why was the, why yeah. was the trawler guy? I mean, he wasn't some high security guy. The guy that picked up R2 and then was going to sell him over to Grievous. Yeah. Like, why would they give him the base coordinates? Like this is supposed to be some super top He's, secret listening base that you know that that the clones know nothing about. And this is a guy who trades in materials and presumably information, right? Yeah, of course he does. So that's he's the whole reason the he's the last bringing... guy. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's that's a thank you very much for bringing me R two and you're you know you're dead. Which was I think which, that's... which is what happened. I mean, he, I guess they were planning on right. killing him the whole time. Yeah. I don't care about what you see. The Trandoshian? Was he a Trandoshian? I think he was a Trandoshian. That sounds right. I don't know yeah. who they are. Yeah, like the lizard-esque people. I will say that the the, the highlight for me of this episode was the uh, the showdown, you know, between R2 and R3. I agree with that. It was nice. Yeah, it was. And it was it was kind of the, uh, the Rogue One-esque ending, too, where you're on this big platform, well, just similar to Return of the Jedi. I mean, it's like this kind of like like big platform that you're fighting on, and chaos engulfing all around and in the end things are falling down falling out of the sky and r2's got to use his cool little jets and it gets there to save him i don't know yeah yeah those jets those jets just appear and disappear whenever needed well see that's, that's what that's that's, that's what happens that. when you don't get your memory banks wiped you remember that you can use jets in any situation and and yet you don't use them in any situation you use them only when you have to use them okay yeah i mean do yeah, you think he's got like sure. a little gas tank down there like how does he how does he keep the? Because those are those are legit well, jets. I mean, they're lifting him no, up. No, actually, I hate to correct you, but fuel is never a concern in the Star Wars universe. And if someone were okay, to let's, ever let's talk make about, a movie, let's talk about this. Where fuel shortage was a primary so, driving factor of the plot, everyone would point and laugh. Okay, this is a, this is a very good quandary here. I'm going to the Tashi Station to get converters. So I'm trying. I'm trying to think of, of power of, converters. That's that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think of things that could be used for. Natural resources for propulsion that have been described in in the show or in at least the canon that we've read and stuff thus far. Do they ever? I mean, ion drives. Do they ever mention anything more substantial than? I don't. It, you know, the hyperdrive just exists and works. It's amazing it to me that you're in a works. you're in a universe that can has unlimited energy, but yet you're still Apparently. farming water. On uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems like somebody yep. would tackle that problem a little quicker. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's like, hey, man, that, look, let's get aluminum fuel. Let's get, no, dude, we need water. We need to live. People, people live uh, routinely in stupidly inhospitable places. That's just, people are weird that way. I don't know why. Maybe, you know, this is my land passed down to me. I have to tend to my land. This is all I have. Yeah, or, or the land wasn't like this until... Bar. The land wasn't like this until the earth started warming up. You know, like stuff like that. You know, far-fetched oh ideas. God, yes. I mean, you know, it's they're, just they're, yeah, it's just environmentalist. Yeah. No, well, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, like, yeah, things change. You need to make sure you're helping that out to not happen or whatever. You know, so it's kind of like a yeah. But to, to get back to our very serious point, when you take Phantom Menace, right? They go into the the, the laser sword showdown with these giant columns of power, you know, coursing you know, up and down. Mm-hmm. It, that's never. That's just there. That's just the thing, right? They, they just have gobs and gobs and gobs of power. Yeah, I, I cannot think of any other time that you hear of any other power source besides electricity. Certainly, it's never mentioned with regard to, say, a small moon that can destroy a planet. True. Yeah, I, I can't like so lasers, ion, and electricity. Are those the only three that you've heard of? And we're we're we're, we're, we're allowed right, we're, we're allowed to branch out a little bit more than than what we've done in canon too. I'm I'm really trying to go over any of the nine episodes, and I can't I can't think of anything. I can. Luke's X Luke's X wing in seven eight nine is broken, right? Like it's not that he doesn't have any fuel or anything; it's just broken. I think. In seven eight nine, no, it's stashed down at the bottom of the water place. So he can, yeah, because he does, he can still pull it out and then. Get it going. Yeah, it's just down there. He's just mm. like, I, you know, put this down here so mm. no one will mess with it. Oh, you know, I'll say this. What were they mining Bespin gas for? Was that was that for power? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Cloud said. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what they did with that energy. This is intriguing. Oh, and what, what were they going after in uh, Solo? The, you know, in the, in the Kessel run. That was a mine. It was a mine, but I'm not sure what that was used for. I mean, we don't know if that was used for weapons. We don't know if that was used for... Uh, this is a very... Okay, so this is... We need to have, like, a list of questions that we're going to carry on through the entire podcast. That just... Okay. That, we, that we just... I'm going to write them down. I'm going to put them in the show notes or put them on the Discord. These are just questions that we have going forward. Is there any mention of any type of combustible fuel in the Star Wars universe? Because because so, our, because R two has the jets he had like that is a flame that comes yeah, out yeah. he has to have something that's making that you are, I was gonna say why combustible but you're right that's combustible yes yeah so 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 we got we got a yeah and I, I definitely think that there's we're gonna and I'm be... pretty positive Mandalorians have some flames coming out whenever they're doing jump packs and there's some other stuff that yeah. we just need to, we just need to note it all and I want to see like for the universe as a whole what is combustible material is it hard to come by or is it specifically like electrically induced magnetic jumping thing like I, like what, what propels things what propels things in the star but wars see, universe it's going to have to be confined to this can't be something on somebody's wikipedia page no, it's no. got to be in no, that, that's what i'm saying we are literally in our journey are going through every single bit of it so it's yeah. up to us to answer these questions and to, and to keep up with them from podcast to podcast okay and say hey remember the old combustible question we had well, did you Bill combustible? Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, like uh, I need to write these down, and we need to just make sure that we're keeping up with them to see what happens in this. And I'm sure people that may be listening know the answer to this, and we're on a mission of discovery. We don't know the answer. All right, so th- those three episodes were pretty good. I mean, I, th- I think they were good. I think that 
in the end, the two droid episodes may be a little bit more memorable than the other one. Like, it's just kind of like a, I don't know. I mean, they, they were just kind of, I hate saying the word filler, but like, again, it's just kind of like a small story that's like, I don't know if we'll, yeah, I, nice I don't know, I don't know tidy. if we'll remember it. Yeah, like at the end of all right. eight seasons or whatever we're at. So how, how are you doing on your beer? I am about halfway through this big bottle. I just poured the rest of mine. And I want to know, John, what else are you watching? So I finally got to watch a movie I've been very excited for a long time. And I don't know if you've watched it. I don't think you have. But uh, Tenet. Yes, I have watched Tenet. You so, have so, so we, watched Tenet. We, we, we got we to go back a little bit. I told you that Nolan is my favorite Writer director of all time, like he, 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 Inception is is my perfect movie. You did say that, yeah. Yeah. So so anytime a Nolan comes out, I'm there the day one for anything. So when it when it was streamable, you you rented it. Yes. When it, yeah. Only when it was streamable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, this movie was a little bit different. That you know, it was supposed to come out so you watched it like some time ago. I've been waiting for it to. Come I wa- yeah. Get on I probably HBO watched Max. it. Like, okay. I think it came out like six months ago. I think is when they were like, all right, look, all right. this is this this thing's going on for a while. This pandemic thing, yep. so we're gonna go and just let it go. Yeah, and and I, I want to be. Very blunt in saying that it was not my choice. I'm sorry. It was not that I watched it at home versus a movie theater of why I have criticisms of the criticisms of that movie. Okay. That movie was fantastic. Oh, Jesus. What Are you serious? I'm very serious. Oh. That was a treat. That was so good. All right. Let me, let me ask you one question. It's going to decide whether we're friends uh, for the rest of our lives. Was that oh, okay. movie better than Inception for you? Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Uh, John, ch- oh my. choose your um, answer wisely, my friend. <laughs> oh well, I, t- I'll, I, I can answer you this way. I've only seen Tenet once. I want to watch it again, but I know for a fact that Inception has high rewatchability. Agreed. It totally because is. I've watched that movie so many times. Yeah, agreed. And it just it just sucks you in. You know, no problem. I don't know if Tenet will do that. Yeah. Specifically, I want to watch the the part from when they go through the the inversion, yep. right? And then from that moment on, everything's backwards. It was so good. Did you not think that was a good movie? It was entertaining. What for me? For me, when the movie gets so complicated that you've got to decorate people in red and blue, just to <laughs> let the audience know what where they're at in time, that you're getting a little too much. And that's that's kind of a good point. I mean, um, you're, you've gone. I mean, and I'm not saying. Don't get me wrong. I love. I really love Nolan. I really love Nolan. But like, this was just like, like Interstellar was was good. It wasn't Inception good, but it was good. This one was just a little too much. Like I felt like, and, and it's not me not wanting to concentrate and understand the story because I, I I literally am so attentive to his movies because I love Inception so much. I'm like, I I really want this to be awesome. And I really want to like it. But this one just this one this one was was too much. I felt like it was too much, and it was just it the was ambition, the vision. Agreed, agreed. The, the yeah. my yeah. god, what how the amazing. vision? Yeah, the vision and the story's main elements and and what he wanted to accomplish with that movie are insanely awesome. And it's it, I totally agree with you. Totally ambitious. I'm just saying the pull off was like it's hard. It, it's re- like it's really hard. Like. 
Like me and you love. I'm not saying people don't love movies. I'm just saying me and you love thinking movies. Like we love to get in there and just be like, "Oh, I didn't catch that. I watched that on the third time." And I was like, "Now I get it." You know that kind of thing. And maybe it was that it didn't come out in a theater, but it just I felt like, like, like I remember looking over at my wife, and she was just like eyes glazed over. She's just like, "No," like you know, it's just. And I have a feeling that that happened to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Even to me, I was just kind of like, "Okay, that's the red team. That's the blue team." He's going that way. He's going that way. That means that they'll join him. And I'm like, I'm like having to do so much mental math that I was just like, I couldn't focus almost on the movie. You know, it was just too much. It was too much. I, I will say that that in that particular scene toward the end, the climax there, I did let some of it kind of wash over me. Yeah, yeah, and, and you and you anticipating a rewatch. It, there, okay, so okay, okay so here, here's the deal. And this is maybe a really good thing. Like in Inception, you can kind of catch everything with Tenet. You, exactly, you, you are you hit the nail on the head. You have to let it go a little bit to to watch the movie and not think about it and be like either a I'll replay this and watch it again or b I'll read something about it or c I just don't care at this point. You know what I mean? And I think I got to c. You know, I, th- I think oh, I, I think I was just here. I, I just don't care. Well, oh. well, I'm just no. It's not that I don't care. It's just that that's the blue team. That's the red team. I'm aboard. Let's go. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking about how we got to these places. I I I thought that the Again, the vision was just absolutely gobsmacking. the The hallway fight scene, yeah. Um, two lead character actors. Oh my god! The two lead character it's actors. Magic. The two lead character actors were amazing. I never would have saw magic. the uh, Edward. What's the vampire guy? His name in the movie, I think, is the vampire. Edward Cullen. Yeah, but but the, the actor, like he was amazing in that movie, and so so was yeah, the lead, he was, he was and so was the lead actor. I mean, they're they both just that, that was a great duo. So you've seen the Prestige, yes? Yes, I have. It's been a while. I need to. Okay. I need to go back and rewatch it. I was going to ask you, have you watched it only once or did you watch yeah, I, it? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it only once. And honestly, I thought... You're not it, a Nolan I, fan. I, You're no, not, just you, listen I'm to me. Just listen to me. You're not a Nolan fan. I was not a Nolan fan after watching that movie. I, I will admit. I was just like, oh, this is good. This is really good. But it's not like groundbreaking good. Like, once I watched Inception, I was just like, well, let me take it back. Once I watched The Batmans, I was a Nolan fan. But once I watched Inception, I was kind of like, whoa, like this is a this is good thinking movie. You know what I mean? Like, this is a really good movie that I'm going to be thinking about for... And honestly, with Inception, almost like months and months after I watched it, Interstellar. Uh, you, you, Interstellar was yeah, okay. You have to go uh, watch the Prestige again. I do. I, I, I do. I need to definitely reward you immensely for watching it multiple times. What did you think of Interstellar? See, I was hoping you. I was not going to mention that again. Yeah. I was going to let that die because if you make me uh, rate Interstellar versus Inception, then I guess we're not friends. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I mean, but, but I'm just saying, Interstellar was a very it was it was it was the first movie where I was kind of like, um, how do I say this again? The vision, the 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 the. I, I got to stop saying vision because that's really what. No, it the con- the context um, of the movie, the, the context of the writing of the movie is so big, mm-hmm. and and it's great, and it, it's it's. I just with it with Interstellar, it was it was probably those last couple scenes for me that were just kind of like. I get it, but I'm just kind of like I don't know that I enjoy it. I, I don't know. It was one of those. Yeah, it, it wasn't a bad movie by any means. It's so good that I actually am able to work past the the love transcends everything bit because I'm not a big fan of that part. I understand what <laughs> what point he's making there. It's just I, that's that's, a, that's actually sappy. that's actually the thing at the end of it that I caught on to was like that's pretty yeah. good. But, but no, no, no. See, you said the thing at the end. So the thing, the scenes towards the end where he meets up with his daughter again, and she has lived her entire life. Yeah. A very long life, and she she's moved on from him. That is heartbreaking, 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 heartbreaking. My God. Yeah, agreed. 
That it rips me apart every time. I'm trying to think. So, so I'm assuming that you're going to tell me that the Nolan Batman films are the best Batman films ever. I I have said previously on this podcast that The Dark Knight okay, good, is good. the best superhero yeah, okay, movie good, I believe good. ever. Yeah, agreed. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe, Endgame. okay, Ant-Man and then Dark Knight. Ant-Man? What did, no, what did you just, okay, I was about to say, <laughs> I, was like, I was about to reach through my microphone and grab my bottle of Chimay and pull it back and be like, Ant-Man, it's a tank. Don't get me wrong, Ant-Man was good. I, I enjoyed Ant-Man for what it was, but I'm just saying, Endgame, you can't, like, Endgame. I like, should have said Thor 2, The Dark World. Yeah, you should Thor have. Thor 2, The Dark World. Thor with the box then... and the wavy red stuff. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> angry Jello, yeah. Yeah, angry, yeah, the angry Jello, yeah, the angry Jello. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Endgame I think was was a a perfect capstone in my opinion. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on. We are not tangenting off to the Endgame. Yeah, discussion we're not. We're not. We will do, we'll do this. We'll do this. Yeah, yeah. So what else? What else you've been watching? What else you've been reading? What else you've been? So just briefly, I have started the Bad Batch. I mean, I can't help myself. Yeah. Just like with Mandalorian, I, I've uh, I've questioned, and and I I. The only reason I haven't started watching it yet is because it's so close to what we're watching now, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything for the next couple of. Like, I don't think. No, no, no. I, I don't think it has anything at all. I don't think this is going to spoil anything here. It, it has nothing to do with. I'm pretty sure it has nothing to do with Clone Wars so far, at least. Okay, interesting. And and I'm not. A, see, I can't. You need to watch the freaking thing because. There's there's one critical part. Wait 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 wait, 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 wait. So we are a non-spoiler podcast for the stuff that we are covering. Yeah. You can't spoil Bad Batch or anything like that. I'm not. No, I I, I okay. absolutely would never. Okay, just make sure. It's eating me up inside to not talk about like the one like huge thing about Bad Batch. Yeah, don't don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. We'll talk about it. God. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I'll, I'll make you deal. I'll make you deal. Let's let's get through. Let's get through three seasons of Clone Wars. And then we can start to do like some tandem Bad Batch stuff. You know what I mean? Like like watch maybe review one episode of Bad Batch and not just I'm trying to give I'm trying to give people that haven't started watching it yet because it's not it's not it didn't come out all at once right it's still like a weekly thing right it's coming out weekly yeah yeah I, I think we need to at least wait till the end of everything's out before we start to talk about any spoilers fine how did how did your viewing of uh, Men in Black three go oh John I totally forgot it we talked about this all right. I'm going to say something. I actually looked it up. Men in Black 3 was the highest grossing film in the franchise. So. I feel vindicated. So not only should you feel vindicated, that ending was one of the best well-written endings that I've seen in a long time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie all the way through. I was like, okay, this is great. Wait, 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 wait. I thought this was a bit. You actually watched the movie? Oh, I watched the movie, John. No, you didn't. I, yeah, 100% please. I watched the movie. Yeah, so so yes, I, I, I watched it. It was it was honestly one of the surprisingly well-written movies I've seen in a while. I mean it. It was it was really good. The ending is A+. Ending is absolutely A+. Everything to do with the 60s, right? You know, Andy Warhol and Josh Brolin. Wow. Yeah, seriously. It, it also wow. um Oh, the guy from from the Assassin show on HBO, not Gary. What's the name of? Yeah, yeah. What that guy? Yeah, Barry. the guy from Saturday Night Live. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, it's killing me. I cannot believe I forgot it. Will. Bill Hader. Anyways, yeah, the guy, the guy that plays the, the guy, yeah, really good, really well acted. Big names in there. Yeah, Josh Brolin was great. I mean, his mannerisms and the way that he says stuff, like Tommy Lee Jones, was a plus. A plus. Yeah, dead it, on. Yeah, dead on. Absolutely dead on. 
And then the ending, I, was, I, I, I honestly, at the end of that movie, was like, where did this movie come from? Like, like it was like this pop movie that came out, and everybody was like, yeah, it's the third minute of black, woohoo, woohoo, woohoo. But that end, like, the whole last sequence was, like, so good. I mean, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was... Well, it, it was as much a treat, it sounds like, for you as it was for me, because I didn't watch this in the theater. I hardly paid attention to it. No! Men in Black 2 was okay, and so I'm like, whatever, I'll watch it later. So then I'm watching it some random night, you know, at home, and it's, it's wow, what what an awesome movie. Yeah, Very well yeah, done. yeah. The, the writing was amazing. Like, like... Yeah, and, and I don't care to spoil I, It's it, We can spoil it, and we could spoil it, but I don't want to spoil it. Like, I want people to watch you the just, movie. You spoiled it about three minutes ago, pal. No, no, no. I'm cutting that part out. <laughs> the, oh, okay. I, that was All just right. proof to you that I watched it. I'm saying Fair that, enough. I'm saying that, like, like I don't want to spoil it. Like, it is that good. Like, it is, it is, Jermaine Clement was great as the bad guy. I mean, Come on. Did you see the the the, the resemblance with I did Clo- I did and that was the original. So, so if you haven't listened to our previous podcast, John said that he could not get over the fact that one of the guys in the previous episode of the Clone Wars looked exactly like Jermaine Clement's character, uh, the evil character. I forget what his name was. I wish I remember. Horse the animal. Yeah, horse. Yes, that's right. Horse the animal. No, he's not an animal. I'm not an animal. Remember, he, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, he clarifies yeah, yeah. that like twice in the movie. He's like, I'm just just horse. But yes, yeah, and and Jermaine Clement plays that perfectly. I mean, it's just it was just so good. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, that movie was yeah. I actually went up to my wife <laughs> after the movie. She was in bed, and I was like, "I've got to tell John that he was right." What do I? How do I do this? How do I tell John <laughs> that he was right? And she's like, "About what?" And I was like, "Minute like three. And she's like, "No, he could not have been." And I was like, "I'm telling you, that movie was really good. It, like, it was really good. Like, surprisingly good." So yes, you you have my you have my complete endorsement. I'm not saying it's the best movie ever, but I'm saying it's it is a really good well, no, movie. No, no, but d- yeah, best of the series by far. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm Hands glad down. that you got that that sense of enjoyment out of it. That that makes me happy because I enjoyed the film. So let, let me great. let me just say again, the ending was so good. Like I, I I so so you mentioned the ending in the previous podcast, and I no, I didn't. Well, you said. You, Why would I tell you that? You, if no, no, I no, 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 no. You didn't. Well, you mentioned that. You mentioned that the end was really good. I think that's that, literally what you said. Well, the end was really okay. good. The end is really good. Yeah, but you didn't. Well, you didn't. Yeah, but you didn't say anything about the what the ending entailed or anything like that. Sure. And I sat there the whole movie, being like, "How am I going to figure this out?" You know, like, well, there's nothing they can do to. Spin Why you got to figure it out? Yeah, why you gotta figure it out? Because you, you mentioned it. That's why I had to figure it out. <laughs> so like I'm sitting there like I'm sitting there like what could this be? And then I'm like, I gave up. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna be. And then I wow, saw it. And I was okay. Like, all right. And then I was just like I didn't see it coming. Yeah, no, not at all. And I was just like, oh my god, that was really good. Like like this yeah, it it was it was really, really real really well done. The guy that plays the uh, the dude that can see I don't yeah. want, I'm not giving too fifth much. dimensional being. Yeah, yeah, the fifth dimensional being. I looked yep. him up because I was like, he did a really, really good job of this movie. He hasn't done much since. Or even before. no, but he was in something else, and I'm drawing a blank on what it was. It was, I think, it was a serious, mo- like a like a drama. But he's a great actor. His yeah, character I, I in like that him. movie was per- like he played that character spot on, like yep. really, really well. Like the whole movie's acted well. Everybody in that movie did a good job. TLJ, Brolin, Will Smith, everybody in that movie. That was such a good. That was such a good movie. Yeah. I, I, I will I will say I was completely wrong about Men in Black Three. I hate that I ribbed you on the last podcast about it. Everybody go see it. What you didn't know. You didn't know. Well, I just I thought after seeing only one and two, and I didn't see the one with Thor and all that, it was just kinda like this this I get it, but it's just replaying the same stuff over and over. 
And then right. when you actually watch it, you're just like, this is new. This is refreshing. And I'm kind of surprised that I didn't hear about it before, honestly. You know, they didn't hear people being like, look, you got to watch Men in Black 3. That is a really good ending to a trilogy. Do you think that... Yeah, do you didn't get that So I, I, I did not watch the Thor one. Do you think that that is Thor Valkyrie one? Uh, do you think that that one is kind of like the the Crystal Skull of the... Oh, I, that's a good that's a good analogy. It is complete trash. Okay, yeah, it is. Okay, and I didn't want to watch it. I bought the trilogy, the original trilogy, all three of them. So I'll probably go back and watch two again, just because I, I, I remember it, but I kind of don't remember. One was really good. I thought one was pretty good. I remember. One's coming, good. I remember, I remember so many times. I remember walking out of the theater just being like, yeah, that's pretty good. But but yeah, the, three was three was by far the best of the trilogy. I I, I agree with you. I totally forgot, I totally blinked that we we talked about that on the last podcast. I I made a point to ask you because I I really you didn't, I, I you, didn't you, you didn't think I watched it did you no yeah of no not. I did I literally like two nights later I was like John is raving so hard about this movie that I'm gonna go ahead and watch yep. it and um, good I'm happy I did and 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 I I say that you are correct it was by far the best of the trilogy and maybe one of the better movies that I've watched in the past year honestly like written wise like I can understand that yeah it was it was pretty darn good pretty darn good. But not as good as Tenet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. I am so amazed at your fascination with Tenet because I... I, I that's a good word. I'm fascinated. You're with fascinated. Yeah. I have to watch it's, it again. Yeah. You, you, I think you need to watch it again. I, I think that... Yeah. I'm interested to hear... All right. After you watch it again on the next podcast, I want to know what you thought about Tenet View 2 versus Interstellar. Okay, so I meant to ask this earlier. So you are familiar with the film, and then we need to wrap it up. Primer, yes? Yeah, Primer. Yeah. Pr- primer. Primer? I always thought it was Primer. Primer. Prim- anyway. Yeah. So is that not a complicated film? It is. It's a very complicated film. People love it. Well, actually, some people love that movie. Some people freaking have nothing to do with that movie because it's so complicated. Yeah. But it's clearly <coughs> in that category. Yes, agree. I think you can put Primer and you can put Pie. Have you ever seen the movie Pie? I did not like that movie. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. No. It's one of those, it's it's like a, it's like a thinking person's art house ish movie. I didn't think Pie was very art house ish. And I put I put no, I put I put both of them I put both of them in that kind of now cup and primer. Just, they're not they're not they're right, not it's they're, probably his primer, but that that's more of a hardcore you know hard sci fi. Tenet tried to you know get in that category. Pie is totally nothing out. It, it is not in the same category at all. No, no, no. All right. I put them both in the same category as nope. decent movies, but not anything that stupid. I would watch again. I was black um, and white, right? Yeah, black and white had the drill. Yeah, yeah. Oof, oof. it's stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah, stupid movie. Yeah, it was. They were they, well. They're thinking. Movies. I guess I just put them the same reason because they like they want you to think about mathematics. They want you to think about different things. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, not bad. I didn't get that not, out of pie. This doesn't need to be a pie review podcast, but I thought it was shallow and did not. Like, I want to go watch the Prestige again. I want to go. I want to go watch. I, I am going to watch again. Prestige. I don't again. give I am. a crap about Pi. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's fine. I get it. I get it. I get it. Do you Do you feel me, Eric? Do you Do you hear my? I don't. I haven't felt anything. I, I haven't crap. felt anything since you said that you liked Tenet, and that's where I'm. That's That's the line of this podcast where I. I whoa, did, whoa, whoa! You didn't even like it. Okay, well, so I like no. no I liked it, and I could under like I I enjoyed the amount of money that was put into it. Like I enjoyed the production. <laughs> maybe is the best way to say it. Like Good production it, value. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Well, yeah, but just like the whole ending thing where they're like, you take this one, you take this one, break it. I, I, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've never, I'm very happy about MLB3, but I've never been more disappointed than you. For Tenet? Yep. I, I think the general public is probably 
behind me on that one. Like, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm... the general public. The the if you read the bad reviews about Tenet, it's exactly what you're saying. I didn't understand it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not well, stupid. He, you're stupid. Well, here's the thing, John. I did understand it, and I still thought it was kind of oh. stupid. I, I just I felt like <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just kind of like, yeah, it was it was it was it was too much. It was too much. It was just too much. It was too much going like like Inception. You have the like dream sequences, the kicks being levels in. You're doing the math to figure out how slow. Do you want this... me to start picking Inception apart for you? No, do you I, don't. I, do don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna let you have Tenant, and I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you enjoy that movie. I'm eager to see what you think about in your second watch. I will also give my second watch to Prestige this week. I it is that movie deserves a second watch. I totally agree with that. I just have. Oh my god, it deserves it. at least two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So enough about you, John. Finally, I haven't really been reading or watching anything. I, uh, let me take that back. I've been watching, uh, reading uh, a book called uh, Moonwalking with Einstein, which is about this reporter that goes and meets. So, okay, so it, really, really thirty-second review, real quick. So basically, he <laughs> he wants to figure out who the strongest man in the world is, and he's a reporter for like uh, Newsweek or somebody. He wants to figure out who the strongest man in the world is and the smartest man in the world. So he goes and figures out that this dude somewhere, probably the guy from Game of Thrones, is like the strongest man in the world. And then he's like, yeah. what do I decide on for the smartest man in the world? Is it somebody who's, you know, the most highest IQ, but, you know, there's problems with IQ. Is it people that have advanced degrees or how, you know, he's trying to figure out how do you define the smartest man in the world? And during this, and he's not defining and saying that the person with the best memory has this, but he's just like, I think you should also include people that have super memories or at least memories that go to these memory comp things all around the world. Yeah, which are amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're like, literally, like he talks about in the book, he's like, this person has to or, uh, remember a poem that is a completely original poem that's, you know, like 75 lines. Then they're given two decks of cards in order. Remember those guys. And then it's, it's this whole like string of things that they have to remember. And then they have to go through the test at the end of it. And whoever remembers the most out of all the different categories wins the, the best memory, you know, for this competition. And there's three that end up putting you in like the grandmaster level and all sort of stuff. So he starts talking to this guy and he starts figuring out that like whoever he's talking to is like, I don't have a great memory. Like my memory's normal. Like I'm just a normal human being. I've just, I've just trained myself to do this. So he's like, okay, I'm going to give myself a year and I'm going to see how good I can get at this. And during the year he, he goes through this kind of theory of, it's really hard to describe it. Basically like take a deck of cards and you lay one of them out and it's like the ace of spades and you say, Hey, I walk, it's a palace. Let me see, I think it's called the palace technique, but basically I'm walking into the a mind room. Palace? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mind I'm walking into this room yeah. and I'm seeing the ace of spades, but I'm also seeing David Robinson and Michael Jackson dancing, you know, like, so he like ascribes that to his memory and then he goes to the next card. Yeah. And so basically you're going through rooms in a, in a house or something like that based off this old Greek philosophy of doing it. And he gets to the final, like like through the year he gets to the final. So it's it's a really good book, Moonwalking with Einstein, really good. That's really all that I've been reading lately, except for you sent me. We had some weird discussion on the Discord about the Curse of the Blue Hole, which is this place out in it's in the Red Sea, I think. Is that right? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, uh, an arm of the Red Sea. Yeah. So so John and I are scuba divers. John is a little bit more advanced than I am, which he likes to tell everybody about. Bubble time. Yes, and <laughs> and but but me and John go scuba diving sometimes. We've done the keys and and there's this place out in the Red Sea. It's called the Blue Hole, and so many people have died at this place. Like amazing amount of people have died at this place, and it just seems to be that there's just this perfect depth and overhang that you everybody imagines that they can get under and get back up with their tank of air, but they just can't. And there's a lot of people that died at this place. It's on YouTube. We'll post a link in the notes. The guy's name is Monty Hall. 
and he is Monty Hall's Dive Mysteries, and he's actually really good. It was a really good episode. It was really well produced, and it was fantastic. Yeah, and, and pretty Terrifying. good. And he, yeah, he, he takes you down there, and uh, they of course have like you know double tanks. They have rebreathers and like all this other different stuff. So it's not like they're too worried about stuff. But even then, it's a little bit claustrophobic and kind of weird. And it's a really good like if you got forty five minutes to spare and you either A, like scuba diving, or B, are completely afraid and want to watch a horror film. It's, it's a really good 45-minute documentary about the uh, the Blue Hole. And uh, this place looked like it was out in the middle of nowhere, too. Like, there's no hot... There's it nothing, is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there, well, it's kind of in the middle of Well, there was a... De- so, in the documentary, they talk about there's a decompression tank somewhere near there. And I think it was yeah. built specifically... It's been built up a little bit. Yeah, it's been built specifically because so many people have died at this place. So, it's um, a big tourist thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's it's, a, it's an interesting documentary. You know, so John and I can attest to Scooby... Scuba. Scooby. Scuba standards. Scooby. Scuba standards in the U.S. are really good. But when you go out of the U.S., it gets kind of crazy and... Some people don't care about it, and that leads to tragedies and all sorts of stuff. So it's a really good series, actually. I, like I, 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 this was series. This was season one, episode one of this series, and I'm probably gonna go back and watch the rest of them too. It's, I don't know what network it would have came out on, or if it just came out on YouTube or what. But again, it's called Monty Hall's Dive Mysteries, and uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I thought it was a YouTube thing. I'm not. I don't know, but I assumed it was a YouTube series. Yeah, it may be, but he's got like good graphics, and he's got other good things in there that make me think that. He had some money behind oh, it. Someone or, uh, looks down his nose at YouTube, I see. Well, I don't look down at my nose at YouTube. I'm just saying I can't do, you know, if we recorded this and put it on YouTube, I'm not doing these, like, fancy graphics or camera cuts or hiring a team of seven people to go with me to go down on a rebreather, you know, what, 100 feet and go under a, a cliff hedge that's another 100 feet down there. I mean, this guy's got money. I don't know where it's coming from. That's true. But yeah, he's uh, funded. Yeah, sure. he's, he's funded. Yeah, let's say that. And the show shows it. I mean, it's a really well-produced show. Good cuts, good editing, and all that kind of good stuff, too. So it's worth watching. It's worth watching, definitely, for sure. We'll post we'll post a link in the show notes. John, how are you doing? Let me let me check. I am pouring the last inch. Well, cheers, now. buddy. 20, 20 episodes down. We'll have a, another Shimei on episode 40. Oh, crap. Overflow. Uh, that's your fault. Mm. But, okay, uh, yes. Well, thank you again. For the wonderful, wonderful gift. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no, we'll do, we'll do it every twenty episodes. Amazing. We'll have, we'll have a Shimei episode where uh, we drink way too much, and oh, we haven't blurred about too much tonight. I think we're doing pretty good on time. So thanks for joining us on episode twenty, the Shimei episode, the Shimei Blue episode is what I'm going to call it. Today we reviewed episodes five, six, and seven. Episodes eight, nine, and ten have, based on their titles, look like they're going to be kind of one-off episodes. But then we also have the Age of Republic General Grievous comic, so I want to make sure that we get those three in and then the comic and maybe a couple of episodes after the comic so uh, thanks for hanging out and we'll see you next time stay safe this is the 11 parsecs podcast episode 20 if you enjoyed this podcast please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a good review and be sure to check us out at 11parsecs.com and discord i'm jonathan smith with that man whose love transcends time eric thompson thank you for joining us The end is really good.